Thank you for listening to Tapping Into the Human, a podcast on addiction, recovery, and mental health, brought to you by The Albertus Project. By tapping into the human behind addiction and mental health, we can empower those suffering by creating a culture of empathy and support. Every week, you'll hear powerful stories from people about their journey with recovery and be inspired by individuals and organizations that are leading the charge in decreasing the stigma surrounding mental health and addiction. Hey everyone, my name is Alex Collier and we are here for the Tapping Into the Human pilot episode. I'm super excited to be here. I'm really excited that um, I'm starting this podcast and it's going to be a really great opportunity for you to hear from some fantastic um, organizations and individuals in the mental health addiction and recovery space. Um, Today we're going to be talking about the Albertus Project, which is the um, pending 501c3 nonprofit that I founded, um, which is the sponsor for this podcast, what our mission is, what I hope to do on this podcast, and basically why we're here in the first place. So I'm going to do a little bit backtracking, and I'm going to start off by talking about why we are here in the first place. So I am originally from Toronto, Canada. I now live with my husband in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, but I lived in Toronto, grew up there, had a really great childhood, and I met an amazing friend for life, um, Reed McGregor, um, who was one of my dearest best friends. Uh, she was soon to be a bridesmaid of mine. And I'll give you sort of the high-level overview where, um, you know, met in elementary school, had a really great friendship as kids, uh, sort of grew apart, no method for the madness besides the fact that we were um, going to different middle schools, different high schools. Um, I heard through the grapevine that she was, you know, dealing with some mental health struggles, and I related to that as, you know, I think most teenagers and most people can. Um, I myself, you know, suffer from anxiety, um, so I could definitely relate. And um, we ended up going to the same um, university together, which was amazing and really solidified our friendship, I'd say, once we became older. Reed was one of the most kind, bold, generous, empathetic people that I've ever known. And it was on uh, January 6th of this year, 2021, I was working. I was with my family in Florida working uh, my butt off. And uh, all all my colleagues um, happened to be messaging me, hey, do you see what's going on on the Hill? Um, And by the Hill, we mean Capitol Hill. And I said, no. And they're like, Alex, turn on the TV. So I go to turn on the TV in my family's place and uh, I'm in the midst of being on a call and all of a sudden I see um, what was being transpired on the Capitol, rioters and trying to siege the Capitol and it was the scariest thing I could ever think of and especially because I used to work on Capitol Hill and um, you know being there you sort of never think like something like this could happen and the first person that I thought to call um, was one of my best friends, Reed. Reed was the person that um, I went to to talk about politics. She was super interested in um, the, the national security space, which is the space that I play in. Uh, and she was by far the most kind of supportive friend when it came to my career. And we would talk for hours about politics. So um, I went to FaceTime her. And as I go to FaceTime her, I get a call from my sister, who was downstairs at the time. And she just called me and she kind of had this glaze over her eyes. She's like, I need you to come downstairs. I said, Jerry, you don't understand what's going on. You've got to look, look what's going on with the hill. 
She's like, Alexandra, you need to come downstairs. I, I immediately had a horrible feeling because I knew she knew that I was working and that she wouldn't call me down if it wasn't something important. Uh, my husband, Forrest, was on a call uh, as well, but I knew something was off. Um, so I, I said, Forrest, I need you to get off the phone. I need you to come downstairs with me. And he's like, what's going on? I said, honestly, I don't know, but someone just died. He's like, what do you mean someone just died? I said, I I'm telling you, like, I, I, I felt it, you know? So I go downstairs and uh, my sister is crying and my mom is crying. And I go to ask what's wrong, what happened. And immediately I thought that my grandfather died. We were down in Florida to visit him. He's has Alzheimer's and it was going to be really sad. But what came out of my sister's mouth is was, you know, something that I could never imagine was that Reed died. I said, what do you mean Reed died? Reed, Reed didn't die. Like, I was just speaking to her 10 hours ago. And she's like, I'm so sorry, Reed died. I immediately went into to panic mode and sort of panic yet disbelief mode, not knowing what to, to make of it. And I was thinking like how, like was it a heart attack? Like, was it a freak accident? Um, and, you know, I was told that they found her unresponsive and that she had been using again. And I, I just, I couldn't believe it. We were speaking literally in the middle of the night about two or three o'clock in the morning. The last message I had from her is that her and I were going to be old women together and grow old. And, you know, she was wishing for us a happy birthday, which January 6th was his birthday. And I just, I told her that I love her and I miss her and she told me the same and that she wishes for us a very happy birthday. So it, it didn't make sense to me how she could be here and then not be here. And I learned over time that it was her addiction, unfortunately, that won out. And I hate using the, the term won out, but one thing that everyone listening should know is that Reed was the toughest, most badass woman in the world and, and I mean that like there is no if you look up badass in the dictionary Reed McGregor her picture would be there she could beat anything she was fierce yet she was kind and I just I I couldn't understand what could be so strong that could could beat Reed I had no clue what addiction meant I'm like I didn't know what she was using. Frankly, it didn't matter what she's using. It still doesn't matter. But I just, I didn't, I didn't understand what that meant. I knew in the past, Reed had gone to rehab. And in my dumb, naive view of the world, I'm like, oh, once you go to rehab, you're fine. And now after six months of intensive education, I realize that that is not the case. And that is a very naive look at the world just to think you know hey here here's the pill take the cure but from all all points right like i i just thought if something was wrong reed would reach out and that that was there was a ton of guilt that i felt the months after um her passing and i'm sure others around her did as well not understanding holy smokes this is one of my best friends or so I thought, maybe she didn't trust me. Maybe we weren't as close as I thought because she didn't want to tell me the truth. And, you know, all this starts going through your head, which I've learned is a very normal part of the family and friends of 
you know, someone who had an addiction and dies from an overdose or whatever it may be. But I have learned that it, it had nothing to do with the fact that she didn't trust me. It comes from the guilt and shame that society has beholden on addiction, where people don't want to come for help or people are afraid to ask for help again, right? Because, you know, I'm sure everyone told her how proud of her we were for, for you know, being sober. Why in the world would she want to come forward and say, hey, Alex, and, you know, the rest of my friends, really, I'm back in a bad place. You know, I can understand how how tough that must be, but, you know, I, I've learned so much about addiction. And to, to why I'm here at Reed's funeral over Zoom, it was one of the worst yet most inspiring days of my life. Um, we had a bunch of breakout rooms over Zoom because of COVID. I couldn't be there for her family, which obviously was heartbreaking in and of itself, but we had a bunch of breakout rooms over Zoom and there was one room that we had titled recovery. So I, I went into all the rooms and, you know, in and out and say hi to everyone and people sending condolences to me and vice versa. And then I go into the recovery room and I'll, I'll never forget all the people who came forward and said that the reason that they are here on this earth today is because of Reed. Reed is, Reed is the reason why they are no longer using or Reed was there when they were in the worst parts of their life, even while she was struggling. And I just, like, to me, that like, that was just a further affirmation, if I even needed one, of how amazing and special of a person Reed was. And I realized I needed to do something about it. I was obviously heartbroken about the circumstances. I didn't know how to, to process it, because how can you process something you just don't understand, right? Like, there's cancer, and there's heart attacks, and, like, that's talking talked about but addiction is not and i also know nothing so i spent the time to educate myself to understand what happened like what what did i miss what could i have done and what can i do to support people going forward i never want anyone in a position that reed was i want to help people and that's where i decided to found the albertus project which is named after the street where she grew up and we, you know, had many fond memories. And the mission is read, to redefine the way that we view addiction, to empower those that are suffering, to educate the public, and to destigmatize addiction in its entirety. And I felt really scared about starting a nonprofit about something that, holy smokes, I know nothing about. But I realized it's people like me that needs to be reached. It's, it's me, the people who are on the sidelines who, until Reed passed, didn't have anyone in their life that was suffering from addiction, wasn't suffering from addiction myself, thank God. So I just didn't take the time to, to understand what it meant. It's people like me we need to pull into the conversation. And the hours and hours that I've spent doing all the research to prepare these resources that really serve as a one-on-one you all can take five minutes instead of the five hours it took me you know I was looking so desperately for answers and I found it really difficult to get answers that were clear succinct and non-scientific and when I mean non-scientific I mean based on fact but I mean that the way that it's written it's very confusing it's like burdensome you know so 
The Alberta's project is really seeking to break down those barriers and educate the public by providing these resources and to serve as um, sort of a, a forum to share stories of addiction and recovery. And this is where this podcast in, comes in, top, tapping into the human. Tapping into the human is what we're all about. At the end of the day, when I spoke to my therapist after Reed passed, and I said to her, hey, I want to start this nonprofit. I know it's crazy, but you tell me, what do you think, what should I focus on? And she said, Alex, the one thing that is missing is empathy. And she's right. At the end of the day, when someone has cancer, right, you feel bad for them. You want to support them. You don't call them, oh, you're a cancer, right? With addiction, it's your fault. It's not a disease. You are an addict. And why is that the language that we choose? Sure, at one point in time, that person chose to use, but it's a disease. The brain, the brain changes completely. The chemistry around it changes. You, you have to use, you have to feed that innate desire. And that is not something that is a choice. I've learned how incredibly difficult it is for the family and the friends of those uh, surrounding a loved one who is suffering from addiction. It is a family disease. It is not only affecting the one person. And we seek to really empower the family unit in addition to those who are suffering. So I hope that gives you a really good idea of, you know, the Albertus Project, why I'm here. We're going to be speaking to organizations who are making a huge, huge impact. We're going to be speaking to people who are charting uncharted territory when it comes to addiction and recovery. And really, I just want this forum to be a, a learning session, you know, I have been learning so much and I think I was afraid to say, even though I've already founded a nonprofit that I'm still learning, but the truth is I don't have all the answers. Every podcast you're going to hear from me, I'm going to be asking questions because I, I want to learn. And I think that that's what we need more of. We need people who will just want to support and the best way that we can support the community is to learn, is to educate ourselves and that's how we're going to be an ally. We're not going to use stigmatized language. We're going to understand that it's a disease. We're going to understand that we need patience. And most of all, we're going to understand that tapping into the human is the way that we're going to be able to solve this challenge by recognizing at the end of the day, we are all human. We all make mistakes and we all deserve that love and empathy. So I am really excited for the path forward. Um, please, you know, subscribe to this. Please leave comments. Um, I really want to hear from you. And thank you so much for listening tonight. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. By tapping into the human behind addiction and mental health, we can empower those suffering by creating a culture of empathy and support. You can find more episodes of Tapping Into the Human and resources about addiction and mental health by following the Albertus Project on social media at Albertus Project and at www.albertusproject.org. Thank you.